What's going on, everybody? It's Mario Gonzalez here, back with another episode of Mars's Melodies. And we got a lot stored for this episode. We're going to be talking about Kanye. We're going to be finishing off um, his discography with Yeezus, Watch the Throne. I'm going to be talking a little Life of Pablo. And we're going to get into a little of Donda and his newer LPs with Kids See Ghosts. And we might even have a little debate later. So make sure to keep it tuned here on Slam Raider Series XM 145. We'll be delging in to our final episode on Kanye West. So I think it would be fair to start off with his album After My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is Watch the Throne. His collaboration album with Jay-Z and his first collaboration album comes off the heel off of two landmark albums for both artists. Jay-Z came out with The Blueprint 3, Kanye with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Blueprint 3, really wasn't received well critically so this was kind of a bounce back album for jay-z um this is two of the kings of hip-hop coming together for this album and i did feel at points of the album while listening to it there was a bit of recycle my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and blueprint three tracks it felt like this is what didn't make the cut for those two albums but i will say there are some really good highlights on this album like no church in the wild frank ocean's vocals were incredible on there and it was really kind of his step into the door and being pretty much one of the premier r&b singers of his time you also have beyonce on liftoff i really love that track and of course um a lot of the album focuses on kanye's and jay-z's you know ice rap that they're known for it really goes into some deeper topics that I feel some of the songs where Jay-Z and Kanye flex more about their bank accounts and songs like um, Why I Love You and New Day, the songs where they don't flex about that stuff. I really like those tracks, and I wish this album had more of that and rather than um, the kind of just like knowing ice rap that we've had for a while, and it did feel like at points some albums were recycled. Now, um, this album still shines with samples like Otis, um, with Otis Redding's version of Try a Little Tenderness being sampled. And it goes really hard and some lots of great lines in this album. Um, overall, it isn't my favorite album from either of them, but it is a very solid album. It was a great bounce back album for Jay-Z after the panned Blueprint 3 project. Uh, Much the Throne has some great songs on it. And it's a great farewell to the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy era of Kanye. I felt like it could have been better but if i were to give it a rating out of 10 probably give it a solid to mid eight it's not the best project from both but still i feel that's a great segue into our next era of kanye west which is yeezus so yeezus is kanye's sixth studio album and my opinion is most risky and experimentalist album uh yeezus i gotta say is one of my favorite albums of all time and I will say, at first, I didn't really like it all that much. I thought it was kind of weird. It was too industrial. There wasn't any real music, musical flair to it. Like, I really just, it wasn't for me, I will say, at the time. But then I decided to come back to one of the tracks I really did like, which was Black Skin Head and Bound 2. And then I decided to go through the whole album again. And then I did it again. And then again. And then again. And then I really appreciated 
all the tracks that are all this album and I pretty much have the whole track on my Spotify library. It's man, it's an experience I got to say and I think it really what really capsulates this album is just the beginning. That whole blare, the whole speaker feedback of on site and it really tells you, "Oh, you're going to be in for something when you listen to this album." And the point of this album, it's not meant for everybody. It's not meant to be the whole anthem that late registration graduation are supposed to be. And it's not supposed to be the emotional send-off that is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy either. It's supposed to be an album where Kanye tries something new. And it's probably his most braggadocious album. He literally talks about being a god most of it, but he also comments on a lot of good stuff, like in New Slaves, he comments about the corporations taking advantage of the black man, and of course on Guilt Trip and Blood on the Leaves, he talks about how relationships can be boiled down just just for money, and listen, Kanye has talked about this stuff before, but I think the way he does it on Yeezus is what really sets it apart, because the beats are completely something different. It wasn't anything we really heard of before in 2013 when this album released. It was completely different. It was more industrial. It was very experimentalist. There was just metal graining, um, speaker feedback being used as samples. Almost There's almost no samples apart from the last track, which is bound to, which kind of sticks out like a sore thumb if you think about it. And on the original version of Yeezus, which is titled Thank God for Drugs, it really did have some of the old essence of Kanye with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy era tracks on it. But I really like the direction he went in this, and this kind of went on to inspire this new Kanye that we have now because during the lead-up to Yeezus, he was masked. He didn't want to be seen in public. Um, he's kind of had this mystery to him that he's kept throughout this day. And I really, a lot of people didn't like the direction Kanye went, and a lot of people want the old Kanye we have, but I really appreciate this Kanye because this shows that Kanye is able to do something new that hasn't been ever seen before, and he's willing to do something that he that he knows most people won't like because he's Kanye West. He doesn't care. He will do something to innovate and bring music forward. And if you look at some of the music now, like Playboy Cardi's Whole lot of Red, you can see the influence that Jesus has had on it and in experimental music in general with like something like Death Grips being a thing. Even though I feel like Kanye was heavily inspired by them, they were very popularized by this album because people were yearning for this type of sound. And yeah, a lot of the old heads didn't like it because they liked that new Kanye swagger, but it just works in every way. And yeah, you're not going to like it at first, but it works. So I think what's more interesting about this album is kind of the leftovers behind it because this really just it really influenced Kanye's like life moving forward because his musical style completely changed after this I mean he released singles like all day and so and like that so this kind of changed who he hangs out with and who he produced with because he got more into Pusha T's he produced Daytona, which is basically a trap album. And this really, Jesus is kind of like a trap album almost for Kanye. He really got involved with, with Chief Keef, and that really influenced his albums going forward, especially The Life of Pablo, which is the next album we'll be talking about on Mars's Melodies here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's perfect. Allison, wait. Are you texting and driving? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go! This is Tua Tungvaluwa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah! People trying to say I'm going crazy on Twitter. My friend's best advice was to stay low. I guess it's hard to decipher all of the bills, especially when you got family members on payroll. The media said it was outlandish spending. The media said he's way out of control. I just feel like I'm the only one not pretending. I'm not out of control. I'm just not in a control. And we're back with Mars's Melodies here on Sirius XM Channel 145. And in this segment, we're going into more of Kanye's discography. Last segment, we talked about my favorite album, one of my favorite albums of all time, Yeezus, and the collaboration with Jay-Z and Watch the Throne. And now we're going to be talking about Kanye's next album, his seventh studio album, The Life of Pablo. Now, the album had many working titles before it was settled upon The Life of Pablo with So Help Me God and Yeezus 2 being, well, sequels to his album Yeezus. And there's also some other names such as Wolves, which was supposed to be a collaboration with Drake that fell through. But Kanye fans were definitely hungry for a new project. Kanye was constantly tweeting out new names for his album, like the ones I just mentioned here. And he kept on rebooting and restarting the project, trying to find a new sound. And eventually, Kanye tweeted out T-L-O-P, which which we know now is the life of Pablo. The title refers to three famous Pablos that Kanye compares himself. First is artistically, he compares himself to Pablo Picasso. Of course, Pablo Picasso, known as the painter, the innovator. Uh, Nobody had really seen his abstract style of painting before. So that's somebody who Kanye really relates to. Another Pablo that Kanye relates himself to is Pablo Escobar. Now you may be thinking, what does one of the most notorious drug lords have to do with Kanye West? Well, business-wise, Kanye built a fashion empire with the Yeezy brand, people lining up around the corner for Yeezys all night. And Pablo had the same thing with his drug market, so that's something who Kanye compares himself to, how he built an empire like Escobar. And finally, we have the Apostle Pablo. Now, this might not have been a Pablo you've heard of before, but religiously, 
the Apostle Pablo, uh, descended Christianity upon the masses in his village. So, Kanye believes he is doing the same with his music and spreading the word of God with his music. So, those are three Pablos that he compares himself to and that he says he is like. And on the cover of the what Life of Pablo, it has a bunch of the Life of Pablo text uh, copy and pasted over and over again along with photos of his family. And then, besides the Life of Pablo text being copy and pasted, the other text, which is also copy and pasted in a straight line down, is which one? Which refers to which one Kanye sees himself at the time. Is he the artist, the businessman, or is he the religious man? And that's kind of the ongoing question that Kanye asks himself in the life of Pablo. Is he religious with tracks like Ultra Light Beam and Silver Surfer? Is he the businessman as seen with Facts, the Charlie Heat version? Or is he the party goer? as seen in No More Parties in LA. Kanye needs to choose who he is with this track and which one of the Pablos he is at the current time. So the music takes elements from all of his projects. Some tracks from the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy era, he has some tracks from the Yeezus era. He has even some soul sampling as seen with tracks like The Life of Pablo and the Facts Charlie Heat version. It really combines everything and I'm gonna give my personal take on the album. Now, I think Ye has forgone his peak. I think his peak was personally my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and we're at kind of like the falling action of his peak. And honestly, the album is a little long for my taste. It's 20 songs, one hour long. But I feel like what really makes this album long are the interludes, like the freestyles, the Silver Surfer interlude. I mean, it kind of adds on to Wolves, the song that's there that was supposed to be a collab with Drake. And I just, it didn't really work for me, like all the different musical styles that gone together in to create this album. But I will say that this album is kind of like, I don't know, a really good sandwich, but the bread is the best part of the sandwich. So it's a great beginning, great end. But the middle, I just don't know how to explain it. It's just the middle doesn't have as good songs. It's just kind of filled in with these filler tracks. And we have Waves, FML. Real Friends has some, is where I think the album starts to go from okay to great. And even the beginning, I think that Ultra Light Beam is a track that I think should have been saved for later, like it was supposed to be. It's actually supposed to be the last song on the album, but it, it's oddly in the beginning here where I don't really think it belongs. I think the beginning of this album should be Father Stretch My Hands Part 1, which I think is a great song and a great way to open it. I think Part 2 of that song where it's kind of like a designer remix, I don't think it has a point of being on this album. But something else that is interesting about this album is that it was meant to be changed. It was meant to be updated. It was meant to be a moving piece of art, as Mr. West called it. So... One of the tracks that was part of this moving piece of art that wasn't on the original Life of Pablo is St. Pablo. And this is honestly one of Kanye's best tracks and it wasn't on the album from day one. He added it afterwards. And boy, does he go off on this track. He talks about everything, how he's compared to the next Albert Einstein, 
how he is an influence to the next generation. I think it's the perfect closing song for this album. So I feel like this album was kind of messy. It was a little unfinished. I felt like it can, it could even be described as rush. And I think something else that is needed to take into consideration when listening to this is all the different producers Kanye made, known and unknown, um, made work on this track, on the tracks he had here. I just think that it really struggles to find an identity here. There's no one specific style or sound to this album, which is great for when listening to songs like Waves or Fade, but individually, but as a whole listening experience, I think it really takes away from the album itself. And that's why I give this album a seven out of 10. I don't have it too highly on my Kanye rankings because like I said, the issues I have with it, I do think that Kanye bringing back some of his old style from Twisted Fantasy and the college dropout with his soul sampling is something that we should really look forward on. And the new tracks that he got on this album are excellent, such as St. Pablo and even the tweaks and songs like Famous and No More Parties in LA. I think that's great, but I feel like this album struggles to find an identity, which is why I give it its final rating. Which is where we transition into our next era of Kanye West, which is the Yay, Kidsy Ghost era, Jesus is King, and Donda, where we get into the really new Kanye, the Kanye we see now. And we're gonna talk about that next segment here on Mars's Melodies. Keep it locked in here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. I mean, really, it really apologist. comes down to... I'm going to make an apologist image for you, bro, because everything that I say, you're like, oh, but LeBron had to do this, and he had to jump over a car. Isn't LeBron the king? And again, LeBron jump over the Empire State Building? Probably good, but why Probably. would he do it? But why doesn't he jump over the Empire State Building to win a slam dunk contest? Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. See this in 3D. All lights out for me. All lights out for me Lightning strikes the beach 80 degrees Warm it up for me Finally free Found the God of me And I want you to Back with Morris' Melodies And this segment, I brought in guests to help me unravel the next part of Kanye's discography. I have the little amigo with me. Hey, man. So first up, we got Ye, which is Kanye's eighth studio album. And it's rather short, being only 27 minutes long. And it has some good tracks on it. It may not be his 
best work, but it's an overall pretty solid album. Some of my favorite tracks are Ghost Town, All Mine, I Was Thinking About Killing You, but Anthony, what do you think about this album? So I've listened to this album in its entirety, I believe, once or twice, and neither time that I've listened to it, it's impressed me that much. I'm a big fan of the song Ghost Town. Um, I also like Violent Crimes. Other than that, there's not really any other songs to me that are very forgiving. The first four or five songs honestly are kind of forgetful, and this is really kind of a forgetful Kanye album as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it being seven songs long, I wasn't expecting the most out of Kanye, but I felt like for what's there, it's pretty solid. I mean, you can definitely tell this was kind of the remnants of Yandi. I mean, we saw the rest of it on Donda, but like this is kind of kind of like taking the organs out of Yandi and putting it on this album. You see this a lot with the with the features with Aunt Clemens on it. Um, but overall, pretty solid album. It has a great opening track. A couple other tracks, but I think my main complaint is it's just too short. It's 23 minutes, 43 seconds long. That's not enough to like have a full, like, I don't know, remembrance of this album. It's really short. I've listened to it like about three times. Each time I've kind of forget one or two tracks. No like sing-along bangers aside from maybe Ghost Down, but yeah, it's just an overall okay album. I'll probably give it like a 7 out of 10, maybe a 6. I honestly don't even think this album is that bad because the final two songs really carry the weight on it. But considering that this is a Kanye West album, you have to expect a lot more out of him. I'd personally give this album about a five or six. Really, if you have anyone else's name on it, this is a seven or an eight album. But because it's Kanye West and because he has such high expectations, it really lowered the bar here. He really, this is a below average Kanye album. So to me, it's about a five. And now we have an album that I really think um, bounces back from Ye, and it's only two weeks after its release, so I felt like this album would kind of go hand in hand. And I kind of don't really get why Kanye didn't release them both, like, as one album. Like, they're not really that cohesively different. It's just one is a collaboration with Kid Cudi, and the other isn't. But Kid See Ghosts is one of my favorite Ye albums. It's really good. And I know, Anthony, you don't have as like high of an opinion as Kid See Ghost as I do. Um, can you explain to me why you think that? So I've listened to this album three times. I listened to it at my first listen. I didn't listen to it for about two or three years. Then I re-listened to it uh, about a few months ago. And then I decided I'm going to re-listen to it this one more time to make sure that I'm not the only one that thinks this isn't a great album. And neither one of the three times has this album really hit out of the park like a lot of people think. It is, I personally like Reborn and Fourth Dimension on this album, but it has a similar issue with Ye. It's too short, and a lot of the songs are forgettable, and it's really carried by two or three songs, which that's not bad on a seven-song album. But in terms of a seven-song album, most of the songs, you have to remember them or have to be very solid. And I know I'm going into a little bit of a different genre, but if you look at a short album like Bruno Mars' Unorthodox Jukebox in 2012 or 13. Every song in that album is pretty rememberable. These past two Kanye albums, both seven-song albums, haven't been too memorable. And in my opinion, Kid See Ghost is no more than a five or six. I have to disagree with you in the fact that the songs aren't rememberable because I remember pretty much every single song on this LP. I mean, like you said, Fourth Dimension, Free Part Two, 
uh, Reborn, Kids See Ghosts with that Travis Scott feature. I mean, like, this album slaps. It, it's really great, and if I were to give it a rating out of 10, I'd give it a 9. I know we don't see eye-to-eye on it, but I guess the music can be seen as not for everyone. And speaking of music not for everyone, we got Jesus is King, um, which is his next album. And, man, I'm sorry. I was just very disappointed with this album. There wasn't that much songs I liked on it. I felt like it was, again, just kind of gutting Yandi. And it was kind of the tracks that were on Yandi. I wouldn't have a problem if it was gutting Yandi and made the tracks better. But the tracks that are on the leaked version of Yandi are way better than most of the tracks on this album. I mean, there's only really two I like, which is Follow God and On God. It's just, I don't really like the tracks on this album. I feel like it was very forgettable. So, honestly, I like this album, but I also don't think it's amazing. I like the beginning stretch of it with songs like Every Hour, Follow God, Close on Sunday, and On God. It's a really strong opening to the album, in my opinion, and it's a unique, you know, approach to Kanye West. Obviously, he's been a rapper for the majority of his career. Now he's going into more gospel type of music. And then after those first four or five songs, it really begins to die down. And while I argue for this album, I don't think it's that good. You know, it it falls under the same category as the two previous albums where it's a Kanye West album, so it's expected to be better. And this is where a lot of people who are against Kanye like to say that he hasn't dropped a very good album since My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And these three albums, it's kind of the reason why. I personally like the album, but it's not Kanye's best work. This is about a six. I mean, listen, Kanye, this isn't his best work. I will fully agree on it. And I feel like this album is very messy and... It just didn't do what it, I think it was trying to accomplish, which was kind of make Christianity kind of cool to rap about. And I don't think this does that. But I think an album where it does do that is Donda, his latest work and project. And the, first of all, the lead-up to this album was pretty crazy. I mean, three listening parties, each with a different theme to it, and each with new tracks being played. I think, the first of all, the hype to this album was, like, objectively great like how we marketed and everything but the album itself anthony what, what are your thoughts on it so i will add on to your point that in my personal opinion i don't i i've never seen an album as well promoted as donda while i don't like the fact that he skipped out on us and prevented dropping it for a while it i would say the high expectations didn't really work out well for it it's a good album it has solid songs like jail off the Grid, Junior, Believe What I Say, and No Child Left Behind, which are some of my Kanye favorites. But it's it's a little disappointing because of the hype surrounding it. It's still a very solid album, and I'd honestly probably give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I agree. It's a really solid album, definitely better than Drake's Certified Lover Boy, which came out around the same time as it, and of course that whole beef thing. But I felt like it is kind of a little overrated there's definitely better albums that came out this year but still it is a little bloated it is a little long the part twos are kind of unnecessary in my opinion and there are songs i think shouldn't be there but still i find it's really good symbolic album it kind of makes christianity cool in a way and it's a really good send-off to his late mother donda west 
And speaking of send-offs, that's where we're going to have to end this show. Our next show will be dealing into the discography of Kendrick Lamar, one of Compton's finest, and you're listening to Mars's Melodies. Keep it tuned for two weeks from now.